Welcome to ADHD Love Parent Talk, episode 66. Since my audience is primarily parents, what would you recommend or what would your guidance be to help get their children going? Yeah, you know, play with your children. Turn off the devices. I'm fortunate, I think. I mean, I did, my kids did grow up in some of the era of of devices. I did have to deal with that a little bit, but not at all like it is now. I mean, my kids are 25 and 21. So very different um, parenting than it, than it is, you know, the struggles, very different than it is these days. But, you know, playing with your kids, um, Beachbody actually has a program that is geared towards, mm-hmm. so it's called Double Time. It's a great one. And making that a priority by modeling it for them not let your kids be an excuse about why you don't move your body, make them be the reason so that you're showing them that part of self-care is taking care of ourselves. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to the ADHD Love Parent Talk podcast. If you felt like you have been walking your path alone as an adult with ADHD or as a parent with children with ADHD, you are finally home. I interview parents and professionals, including doctors, coaches, educators, and so much more so you can not only learn more information about ADHD, I also want you to have tools that you can put in your toolbox as you're going through your journey. Hey, my ADHD family, welcome to another episode of ADHD Love Parent Talk. I am Yakini. Do you think that exercise helps people with ADHD? This is a topic that we talk about all the time in our ADHD community. And today, my guest is going to share why exercise is important to those with ADHD, how can we get started, and she'll share some tips on how to be consistent and not quit, because you know, that's what we do. (laughs) So anyways, Barbie, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited for you to be here too. So tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. Uh, so my name is Barbie Haven. I am a life coach and health and fitness coach and also a codependency recovery coach for women in particular. I have been um, kind of helping people with their health and wellness over the last six years or so. And a lot of that started with just my own journey of recovering from codependency Fitness was a big part of that for me. Um, And then, you know, most recently getting diagnosed with ADHD in the last year and now navigating a whole nother area of life. And so, yeah, I just, I'm really passionate about um, empowering women to show up as their best self. And the way that we do that is we, you know, take care of ourselves, self-care holistically, which includes fitness. Absolutely. And I can't wait to get into your story a little bit later, but let's jump into the topic first. Why do you think it's important for people who are diagnosed with ADHD? I mean, we know that it's important in general, but especially for people that are diagnosed with ADHD to exercise. I think it gives that your brain that boost of serotonin and that's we need that, right? We need that boost of, of extra, you know, happy happy juice, happy, (laughs) the happy brain chemical to, um, get us through our day. And so, I mean, I'm a big fan of early morning workouts. That's what works for me, which is 
um, kind of funny because there's a lot of people with ADHD that are like, I am so not a morning person and they can't get started, but it's just getting your body and your brain talking to each other. It's the connection, the mind-body connection piece for me that I think is the reason why it's so important in particular for those who have ADD or ADHD. Hmm, that is really interesting. So one of the things that is really difficult for people is to get started, right? They know this is important. They're hearing yeah. this over and over again. So what are your some of your recommendations and how somebody can just get going? Yeah, my first recommendation is to pick something that you actually enjoy. Actually, I'm going to back that up with my first recommendation is to, to get clear about how you're thinking about exercise. And then pick something that you enjoy. So, so often we have this resistance to working out because what we think is working out is hours at the gym, you know, working really hard, giving up time with family. Um, maybe you had a bad experience in your life where, you know, it, it was, wasn't what you wanted it to be. And so we need to reshape and reframe the way we think about exercise. I like to use the word movement. Let's throw exercise out the window. Yes, you're exercising, but movement, movement is medicine. Mm. And if you can remember that movement is medicine, in particular medicine for your brain and your body, then that alone might make it a little bit easier for you to get started. Um, and then the second thing is to pick something that you actually enjoy. So your movement doesn't have to be a, a 30 minute sweat session or an hour at the gym. I happen to love those things. Um, which is great for me. <laughs> I like to hyper-focus on that stuff, <laughs> but it doesn't have to be that. If you're just focusing on movement, it can be a walking the dog. It can be gardening. It can be window shopping. It can be, you know, so many different things of intentional movement, right? Of intentional movement of your body where you're, you're present with yourself. That's the other reason why I think it's so important is when you are in that mode of um, movement and exercise, you are present with yourself. You're present with what your body is doing, what it's, how it's speaking to you. And it's just a great teacher. Mm, I really like that. You know, it's kind of interesting because in my head, again, I know that all of these things are true. I have been exercising pretty much since I was a little girl, right? Mm -hmm. But I've been exercising off and on and I will be six months and I am doing great. And then all of a sudden I just go down the hill, <laughs> right? And I know it makes me feel good. Like yeah. whether I'm doing yoga or like you said, I love the hard workouts too. Yep. I feel good afterwards. But once I stop, it's just like I stopped for a very long time. So yeah. what would you say to those? What should they do to stay consistent and not quit? Being a part of a community. Mm. Being a part of a community where, where that is the focus is consistency and accountability. That is what made the difference for me. I've always loved fitness. I've always been into health and wellness and I'm a runner. And um, I like to joke about, you know, um, one of the things, so I, I failed to mention this in, early on in introducing myself, but in the fitness stuff, I partner with the company Beachbody um, for, nice. for coaching. Yep. And prior to connecting with that company, um, I would say I was into fitness, but not fit 
I was just like what exactly what you just described. I'd have months where I'm super consistent and then I would have months where I just wasn't at all. So for me, getting connected with the, that community, um, and having a coach like me (laughs) to help me stay accountable, getting a part of accountability groups where you're all focused on finishing, whether it's a 10 days commitment or a 21 day commitment or a hundred day program, whatever it is for you. I just think that being a part of a community and having a coach makes the biggest difference. And I've seen it time and time again. The other thing is to let go of all or nothing thinking. So a lot of times when I'm working with people, they get started, they're super excited. Your motivation is there in the very beginning. And then life happens, you miss a day or two, and there's this feeling of like, I have to start over and I don't want to start over. So stop starting over, just pick up where you left off. It's not all or nothing. It's not, it doesn't have to be that way. We tell ourselves these messages and they're just disempowering to our journey. Yeah, I, I run into that issue all the time. So I'm also, I'm a member of Beachbody. I am a true fan. There's just so many different exercises you can do. But I'm also one of those people where if I miss a day or two, especially if it's an exercise program where they do it like Monday through Friday, I'm like, well, I am no longer on Wednesday, (laughs) you know? So it's like they're on Friday or I should be on Friday and I'm still on Wednesdays or whatever it is. Right. And so that discourages me mentally, even though to your point, all I have to do is keep going. So yeah literally what I tell my clients to do. And, and that's actually one of the things that we talk about up front is I tell them, print out the workout calendar. And if you struggle with that mindset, literally black out the days. So it's not in your head that, oh, I'm doing Wednesday's workout on Friday. So what? It doesn't matter. And I'll be the first to admit that this is something I've had to work on myself too. Like I said, I love fitness. I'm super into staying committed. I'm also a coach with them. So it's my job to show up. Right. And I do sometimes struggle with feeling like I need to be perfect on the calendar. But since I've made this shift over the last, um, well, year and a half, really. um, And a lot of this came just from my own diagnosis and realizing that I need to relax the way that I approach life a little bit. Um, but I just, I really have leaned into that in particular with this last program that I completed and, you know, could have taken me 90 days. It took me probably closer to a hundred. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I did finish. You said, and you finished. (laughs) I did finish. Right. I finished it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's really important to your point is just getting through it no matter how long it takes, just getting through it, powering through it. And that's actually one of the, the ladies even said that if you don't want to start over, just Stop. don't give up on you. Basically don't quit. Just don't give up on yourself. Right. So well, if you do take a day or two, you can just keep on going. Yeah. My rule of thumb with missing days for myself is, is like one day, Okay. You know, because I'm, I'm a fan of moving my body every day, mm-hmm. even if it's, that's a gentle stretching session for 10 minutes. So I don't like the idea of taking days off, even on a rest day. I still think moving my body, going for a walk, whatever yeah. active recovery is good. 
So a lot of people get stuck in the trap of thinking like, oh, I'm in this 21 day challenge. And this idea that after 21 days, you're just done. Oh yeah. Right. Well, first of all, you're probably not going to reach your goal. I'm guessing within 21 days, most people don't, most people have takes longer. Yeah. Also, if you're doing this as a lifestyle, it's, it's going to be longer than 21 days. So that's another reason to just think of this as it's just a non-negotiable for me. It's just part of who I am. Mm. I don't, and I, I don't question it. I move my body. And if I take longer than one or one day off or two days off, like of missing something, I make sure on that third day, because sometimes life happens and mm -hmm. maybe I'm not getting in an actual workout that day. Um, but you bet by that third day, I'm like, I have to move my body and break a sweat for me. Mm -hmm. And a lot of this is just self-awareness. Right. So knowing what you, you need for yourself to feel the best that you can feel. Yeah. Right. Right. I used to work with this lady. She was an executive at the last company that I worked for and she exercises every day about 1130 or 12. And she is very faithful to it. And I asked her, how in the world do you do it? She just says it's like an, a meeting for her, right? It's a meeting. It's just mm -hmm. part of her day. She, once we got a membership, she used to walk all the time. But then once we got a membership um, to a, like a rec facility down the road, she would be there every single day day. It was just amazing to me. It was just, I did the same thing. I worked in corporate, um, for a long time and I was in higher ed. I worked at, um, Washington state university in Pullman and I went to the, the rec center every single day on my lunch hour. It was just what mm -hmm. I did. Yeah. And it was, it's what a lot of people did. I think that there's just not as much emphasis on how many people actually are doing these things. There's a lot of talk about the people that aren't right. And we really should be giving more notice and celebrating those people who really are showing up and doing the work and just showing that it can be done to, and hopefully, you know, inspire others to, to do the same. I like that. So since my audience is primarily parents, what would you recommend or what would your guidance be to help get their children going? Yeah. You know, play with your children turn off the devices. I'm fortunate. I think, I mean, I did, my kids did grow up in some of the era of, of devices. I did have to deal with that a little bit, but not at all like it is now. I mean, my kids are 25 and 21. So very different um, parenting than it, than it is, you know, the struggles very different than it is these days. But, you know, playing with your kids, um, Beachbody actually has a program that is geared towards mm -hmm. So it's called double time. It's a great one. And making that a priority by modeling it for them, not let your kids be an excuse about why you don't move your body. Make them be the reason so that you're showing them that part of self-care is taking care of ourselves. Yeah. It was really interesting when I was on my, I'll say my stint of doing my exercise programs, my son would actually join me. Like he was excited yep. to join me and do the exercises with me. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I love that. Just this morning, you know, when you asked about accountability, one of the things that I do with, uh, for my clients is I have an early morning zoom 
we call it a Zoom room. Uh, and we, we literally just, we log in. It's open from about 5 a.m. to 8 a.m. Mm. Anytime you want to log in. And there are usually people in there working out. And so um, this morning, one of my, she's actually a coach. So one of my teammates, it's early in the morning. Like it was like 6 a.m. And her grandson was in there with her in her workout room. So it's, it's fun to see your kids show up and, and they do, they do, they get excited about moving their bodies. We just have to make the conversation not be about being skinny or being a certain size and just make it more about your mental health and your physical health and your ability to go out and do the things in the world that you really want to do. I took my dog for a walk recently and decided to take a little shortcut on the trail and, mm-hmm. and walk up a trail. I thought it was a trail when I got started. It ended up being like, I thought it was rock climbing. Like by the time I got to the top, I did it though, because I moved my body every day at home. I love that. So any last minute tips in terms of the exercise? Cause I just want to touch a little bit on your ADHD journey, but any last wow. minute tips around exercise? Um, Start small. You know, if you're not doing anything at all and you all of a sudden say, I'm going to work out seven days a week, maybe that's not the best idea, right? So committing to three days a week of walking, just taking it slow, paying attention to your body and really just asking yourself, what do I enjoy? And then go make time to do that. Starting small, I think, would be my biggest tip, especially if you're just getting started. And if you've got kids, incorporate that with them. Maybe ask them what would what would they like to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really really good. Like my kids, we're we're slowly getting our bikes finally. So you know, next year our goal is to finally ride together as a family. So I'm really excited about yeah. that. So Super yeah, fun. that's going to be really fun. All right. So just, I just wanted to just take a a second to talk about your ADHD journey, because I know there's going to be people very interested. Just share, you said that you got diagnosed later on in life, as you said, in the beginning, just share, why did you even decide to do that? Like, what was the tipping point? Yeah. So, um, I got diagnosed last year at the age of 48 with inattentive ADHD. The way that it came about for me was I had gone from corporate world to full-time entrepreneurship and in the corporate world being, um, you know, my roles were executive assistant to high level, um, you know, corporate vice presidents, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. project manager or project um, coordinator. I did, I did a lot of these roles and I was very successful at that. So I, when I went to full-time entrepreneurship and felt like my whole world fell apart, I couldn't mm. keep track of anything at all. Uh, it was very overwhelming and it was also, um, emotionally hard for me. And then on top of that, I broke my big toe. I fell down the stairs and I broke my toe. So my forms of self-care, like in, in the fitness came to a screeching halt. So any bit that was managed with that kind of care was just gone. The tipping point for me was that And I have a fellow um, entrepreneurial friend who I was sharing a lot of the struggles with. And she asked me if I had ever been uh, looked into whether or not I might have ADHD. And that thought had never crossed my mind. 
never would have ever even begun to think that. But she has, she has, uh, was diagnosed with that and recognized everything that I was saying and kind of set me down the path of kind of exploring it. So um, that's what I did. That was the initial path of like, maybe I have this. And I joined some Facebook groups and literally my jaw dropped because I thought, O-M-G, these are my people. I had no idea that the way that I was operating in the world wasn't that like, I just didn't know. I didn't know that it was, I don't want to say not normal because I think that we're normal. I don't like to use the word normal versus not normal. Um, But I just didn't know that my brain wasn't neurotypical. I didn't know. But how did you feel? I mean, just once you knew, once you connected to the community, just how did you feel? Um, some relief and just like that there's hope for me. It gave me some talking points to go in and get, get into my primary care and say, Hey, I think I might have this. I would like to be referred out to get some testing done. That's what I did. I mean, it took me a while to actually make that appointment because ADHD, but I did actually do that. Uh, so I got diagnosed, you know, it was probably, it was January that I had the realization that it wasn't until July that I actually got in. Like, it literally took me six months to, to do the work of getting in and, and talking to somebody, but yeah, it, it's, it's kind of a relief. I mean, since then it's been this journey of uncovering all the different ways that my brain works. And I'll, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, in the very beginning, I was exhausted I was so tired. And one of the things that, that my, my counselor who I was working through, you know, some of the the feelings about all of this, um, one of the things that she told me and that I was interested about because in the world, in the corporate world, I didn't feel like I struggled as much, Hmm. not necessarily true. Looking back, I struggled a lot, but I had built in all of these systems. And so she had said, you know, the systems you built in systems, not knowing Right. That worked really well for you in the corporate world. Those systems don't work in my entrepreneurial world. Mm. So that's what the last 18 months have been about for me. (laughs) Oh, so you recently did this. Yeah, it was just, um, it was in the last 18 months, I've been really working on figuring out how do I take care of my brain as an entrepreneur? And, you know, a lot of that boils down to, getting rid of the stuff that doesn't matter, which is great in entrepreneurial land anyway, right? Right. I mean, I'm, yes, I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur. There are a lot of things that I am super excited about, but focusing on one thing at a time. Yeah. Not always easy, but it is doable. Yeah. Fitness actually helps me with that. It helps me. Here's why, because I have a more clear head when I work out in the morning and I'm also able to think about my day um, and relate a lot of the things that I'm learning in the workouts with their life lessons Mm. or their business lessons and just kind of making the connection with that. So yes, finding what works. Oh, that is really cool. 
So if people are struggling in terms of whether they should even bother getting diagnosed later on in life, what would your recommendation be or what would your guidance be? I am a big fan of finding of community. Again, so I'm a big fan of finding community, whether that is finding a Facebook group. Literally, you can just Google uh, or go to Facebook and say ADHD and there'll be different kind of communities because based on who you are in the world. So I'm a part of a female ADHD entrepreneur community. I'm also part of some other just general support communities. I think that's a great start. I don't think there's any shame in Googling and just doing a little bit of your own research to see, do I identify with these traits and talking to some people about it? Even Instagram and TikTok have, you know, people, people sharing their experiences and seeing if you relate to them. Um, can just lessen some of the overwhelm, I think, because it, it normalizes our experience in the world, right? Absolutely. So just to round it up, were there any resources that you've used through your exercise journey, through your ADHD journey that you can share with the audience? Yeah. Again, as a Beachbody coach, as partnering with that company, um, I use that platform a lot. There are very short four-minute meditations that I use that really help me just stay a little bit more centered and grounded. There's also some stress meditations that are like 10 minutes long. So those help. Other resources would be, you know, as I have identified areas that I want to strengthen a skill or sharpen a skill. It's really um, finding podcasts for personal development that addresses those things. So one of the resources that I'm actually finishing it up right now, it's a book called Essentialism by Greg McCowan. I actually have it sitting right here. Book called Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less. That's helped me to think differently about my ADHD because, you know, those of us that are blessed with the creativity of ADHD, we have a lot that we're thinking about at the same time. We also have limited energy. And so a book like that, that helps you understand how to eliminate Mm -hmm. things that are not essential is a really great way to reserve some of your energy. I like that. That is really good. So Barbie, if they have any more questions for you or want to get a hold of you, where can they find you? Um, find me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is Desired Lives, um, D-E-S-I-R-E-D-L-I-B-E-S. Um, I'm also on Facebook, or you can even just email me. And my email is Barbie at DesiredLives.com. I welcome any conversations about um, my journey or questions about fitness, all of the above. Awesome. Barbie, that was so informational. This was really, really good. I'm so glad that you came on. It was good. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right, everyone. That closes up another episode of ADHD Love Parent Talk. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Bye. Bye, Barbie. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on another episode of ADHD Love Parent Talk. If you enjoyed this episode, please do not forget to leave a review. And join me as I talk with another exciting guest next week. Have a wonderful day.